0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. With the seventh pick in the 2021
1: NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select Penay Sewell.
0: Tackle, Oregon. Oh.
1: He's gonna run it straight in! Jared goal.
0: gets yes. down, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkins gets They did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how
2: big is that? <laughs> yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 244 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler Join by my main guy as always mr pierre no malcolm with us but pierre man how are you doing today man
1: man i'm doing well i'm enjoying this
2: weather it feels good to finally be back on the podcast i feel like i haven't recorded in like a month it's been a minute, dude. I mean, me and Malcolm went on Twitter Spaces last week, but we talked about it in the beginning of the show. Like, yeah, it's been a minute. And, like, especially not doing a live show and just being here. I mean, we just looked at the, you know, the last time we did and mm-hmm. an episode. It's been June. I mean, so it has been a month since the last time we've, you know, hopped on and just talked between us. And, um,
1: yeah, yeah, like
2: you said, it obviously feels good to be back. And, you know, we're getting – back to the swing of things for football uh peter i got a question for you are you a guy like some people i see on instagram or on twitter that are like wired fired football 360 like all all year round like you need football all year round or do you need a break every here and there
1: i need a break i think we need a break um i like kind of like kind of when the nfl season over it's kind of closer to the nba playoffs i love that yeah and then i kind of that like right board right now no play nba playoffs no nfl news it's kind of more chill like it's good to just sit back and chill get off social media hang out with friends and family do other things you know what i mean yeah it's just good to get away from it a little yeah
2: absolutely i mean i feel like when i was younger i feel like i could always be locked in on football it's like anytime. like i need football i could talk about any time of the year but i feel like as i got in older i have appreciated like the outdoors more and like 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 let's like Pierre said, tune out social media for a little bit. Like, let's tune out the lines for a little bit after the season, after the playoffs, after the, all the draft stuff. Like, I need a couple months to kind of rejuvenate all my football itch back, but I'm kind of slowly getting there. You know, we're getting closer to training camp. You know, we're yep. a couple weeks away. So, like, my itch is now, like, officially there. I got it back, like, last week. So now I'm, like, fully, pretty much locked in for football. I'm ready for the fall time. Like, it, it's that time of year. Like, I'm ready for football now.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Um, I haven't got that itch back yet, honestly. You know what it is for me? This summer, I don't (laughs) know, man. This summer's been great.
2: No, I feel you for sure. I love, you know, this this warm weather. I'll never complain about it. So, you know, you can't bring back clips back in the wintertime when I'm complaining and bitching about the the cold. I I'll never bitch about hot weather. Never bitch about hot weather. But when we did our uh, we do our fantasy football league, we did like a little draft lottery. We got our picks in. So ever since I got my pick in, I've been doing some mock drafts now. I, like, my itch is back. Like, OK, I'm talking football again. Like, I'm ready for football season now. So that, that happened last week. So that's when I got my itch back. So I, I feel you, Peter. I was like you for several months. But now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm ready to go back
1: into football. Nice, man. Well, um, good luck in your fancy season. But what do we talk about today? Ty? What we got going on?
2: All right, yeah, we got a couple topics to talk about. Some actual relevant Lions news, because we haven't had that in a minute, so we actually have some relevant Lions stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about, first, T.J. Hawkinson. I want to talk about T.J. Hawkinson, because there are some reports that the Lions are trying to prioritize getting an extension done with T.J. Hawkinson, potentially even before the season. You know, they did pick up his fifth-year option, which will go into play next year, but it looks like they want to get an extension done, so we don't even have to worry about that fifth-year option and him playing on that fifth-year option. So... I'm going to ask the question because I think TJ Hawkinson has been somewhat of a controversial player of, is he a guy that is worth the extension? I think everybody in the Lions fan base agrees that TJ Hawkinson is a good player. I think everyone in the Lions fan base agrees that TJ Hawkinson is one of the top tight ends in the league. I don't think there's much argument there, but I do think there is some fans. And I think we've talked about it, even us that there are some hesitance. Is TJ Hawkinson a franchise player you want to pay and and him being one of the top paid guys on your offense, and I think there is some controversy to that. And with the reports coming out that the Lions are making T.J. Hawkinson a priority to get an extension done, it seems like the question to Brad Holmes and his staff that that answer is very easy. They want to get this, they want to get this thing done. They absolutely think he is worth that, uh, you know, that that price. That he could be a top tight end in this league, and they want him to be a Detroit Lion for a long time. So I'm going to ask you the question, Pierre. Because I know you've been hesitant a little bit when we've when I've asked you the question before. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Lions potentially giving TJ Hawkinson an extension and him being a focal point to the Lions offense for many, many years?
1: All right. So here's the thing with TJ Hawkinson. He just turned 23 on July 3rd. Or 25, I'm sorry. On July 3rd, um, he's young. And maybe the Lions feel like, let's pay him now. He could have a crazy year. And it could cost us more. So let's figure this out now instead of wait till the future. But then, like, on the other side, like, people like me and you and other people say, okay, we, we got to see improvement with the blocking. And the yak stuff, like, he catches the ball. He gets tackled. He doesn't break that many tackles. And that buys me because when you have a guy that big, right, and like the way he played in college, we just haven't seen like all of that translate to the NFL yet. Um, but a, a good thing with Hoxon is like he hasn't really missed a lot of time. He's been hurt here and there, but it's not like he's like missed like a lot of games. So he's reliable, right? You know what you're getting out of him. Um, and maybe they think he he could be better, and I think he could be better. He really could be better. Uh, the blocking, the catching. Like not the catching the the yak stuff, um, and he's he's a leader in that tight end room. He's he's like the only like veteran in that tight end room. You look at the other guys, they're all young guys: Brock Wright, Gary Gilbert, kind of like a Saints guy brought brought back on like a minimum deal, right? They brought him on a minimum deal. Then they have the kid they drafted, James Mitchell. He's a rookie. They have Zilstra, who's bounced around the league a little. So, Hawk is like, you can see maybe why they want Praetor's because they don't have no one at that position. It's just him. And after that, it's kind of like, yo, who's tight end two? Who's tight end three? Is someone going to step up, take that role right now? We don't know that. So, Hawk is like, he's all they really have in that room that that's consistent, right? But is he worth so, Tyler? Uh, Spotrack projects him at 13.5 million a year, right underneath Njoku, who's making a slightly more. He's, that would be the sixth pay tight end. So would you pay in that deal? Four years, what is that, 54.37 million?
2: So I think you look around the league and what these guys are getting. I think it's just the virtue of the position. There's just not that many like great tight ends. Like, obviously, you got your George Kittles. You got your Travis Kelsey's. I think Mark Andrews is kind of putting himself in that category. Darren Wallers, I think, another one in that kind of category who's just really emerged. And I think Kyle Pitts, I think, like, we're going to start talking about him a lot more. I know his rookie year was, he only had one touchdown, but I think we're going to start talking about Kyle Pitts a lot in the next upcoming years. And I think with TJ, I, I think the reason why there's some controversy, and it's not really his fault. It's really where he was drafted. I think, you know, he was a number eight overall pick. And with that being said, I think people have an expectation that, like, this guy has to be a Travis Kelsey. This guy has to be a George Kittle or a Rob Gronkowski. Like, he has to be one of those generational players. But, He's not that, but that's not his fault that he's not that because he's still a very good player, and when you really look at the tight ends in the league and you start ranking them, I mean, TJ is in that top five, top six, top seven tight ends in the league. I mean, there's just not a deep tight ends room in the NFL right now. Like, yeah, you got your top guys right now, like I mentioned, but then after that, like, TJ's right there, and I think he's, you know, borderline – with those guys, like I think he's the tier right under those guys I just mentioned—the Kelsey's, the Kittles, and the Walls, whatever. Tier two. Yeah, I think he's the tier right under there. I agree. And, and the thing with TJ too, I mean, he's still really young. That you mentioned, he just turned twenty-five years old. I'm not saying he's gonna ever reach that ceiling of being one of those tier one tight ends, but could there be an improvement? Absolutely, there could be an improvement with TJ Hawkinson. There's nowhere saying this is what he is right now. I mean, he's going to be going into year four this year. So, there could definitely be some improvement. But, you know, I, I'm hesitant because, like you said, you know, we haven't seen the blocking out of TJ consistently yet. The yak hasn't been there yet with TJ. Um, you know, but when you start comparing the other contracts of guys who are getting paid, I think TJ's more of a, a tight end than David Njoku. And you said he's making same money, even a little less than David Njoku. If that ends up being the fact, you know, th- then that's good value. I think. With the value of just NFL contracts, we see it in almost every position that's just going skyrocket right now. We see quarterbacks are getting 40 million dollars a year. We saw the receiver market go really crazy this year. I, I think a 13 and a half million dollar contract per year for TJ, I think you could look back at that and maybe now he would be considered the fifth or sixth ranked highest paid tight end. But I think you could look back and into maybe a couple of years when a guy like Kyle Pitts gets his payday or Darren Waller gets his payday. TJ might slide down to number eight or number seventh highest paid tight end in the league. So I I think you just look at the guys who have gotten paid. I think TJ is qualified to get paid because I think there's been some less qualified players under TJ get similar money or, you know, more money than what TJ's projected to get right now. So at that cost, I think TJ is definitely a guy you could build your offense from. I think he could be you know, a top two, top three player in your offense where he could be, you know, one of the more effective pass catchers. And you just hope he improves on his blocking where he could become a a dual threat tight end.
1: All right, if we're being honest here, I think he's going to get more than Njoku. I do too. Um, So Mark Andrews at 14, I believe, and then Dallas Goddard's at 14.25 mil. I could see him between that 14 and 14.5 range, and I still would be okay with that. 15 is a little like, you know... (laughs) I haven't seen that that production for 15 mil yet. Yeah. But if we're talking like between 14 and 14 and a half, I think I'd give it to him. Like you said the cap's going up and that contract um it's going to look like a bargain because he's going to be entering his prime soon. He's only 25. When he's 27, 28, like 29, that's when these guys produce a lot. Like look at Kelsey, he's having his best years in his 30s right now. Gro he was good. He had him in his late 20s, right? I mean Kittle is different. He just came out and just balled out. But most of these good tight ends, you look at their production, they kind of came like towards like the middle of their career. Even round. Mark
2: even Mark Andrews, like I feel like he really started to just pop off what, two years ago now? Like he just he really started to come like one of those guys. Cause I think Mark Andrews, you look back at him. You know, how long he's been in the league now? I can't I can't think of how long he's been in the league. I'm before. not sure. Let me look it up real fast. Let's look uh, it up real quick. But like I feel like we just started to hear about Mark Andrews like 2 years ago like as a legitimate like tier 1 tight end. I feel like before we talk about him like okay, yeah, he's a solid player. Uh but let me see how
1: long he's been in the league before
2: I make a comment. Um
1: entering his 60 year.
2: Yeah, okay, that that makes sense.
1: Yeah, but he's so he's been pretty good. I'm looking at his numbers right now. He's been pretty good. Um Really productive, actually. Last year, last year's when he kind of went off with that thousand yards, um, nine touchdowns. But like, if you could see that type, I don't know if you'll see that kind of jump with Hawk because you look at the Ravens' offense, they don't really have um, like a true number one receiver. No. Uh, The Lions, I mean, now what they added, well, we got JMo. I think he's going to be number one in the future, but we got to pump the brakes on that little. They're not going to rush him. He's probably going to start on pop. You got DJ Chark coming off an injury and you got Amon Ross St. Brown. Who's kind of like, let's see what you could do in year two, year two. Right. it probably could be really good, but you got to show it. And then Hawkinson, when you put Hawkinson in there, like, okay, his former tight ends coach is his OC. So he knows his strengths and weaknesses. The head coach, the tight ends coach. I feel like everything is for, like set up for him to have success. Because you have your deep threat and DJ Chark and Jamo. Well, when Jamo comes back, right? I feel like the middle of the field is going to be open a lot for St. Brown and um, and Hawk. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, I think too. You mentioned those other guys. They're still in their they're still in their rookie contracts as well. Guys like Jamison Williams. I mean, he hasn't even played a snap yet. Amon and Brown is entering the second year. So, you get you have the luxury of being able to pay another guy because you're not really paying those other guys too much money. So, I mean. I'm okay with it, honestly. Just with what we're projecting, I think if it's in around that $14 million range and he's the fifth or fourth highest paid tight end, I think I'm fine with it, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, and if you don't want to pay him, like, move on, but it's hard to find tight ends in this league. We've set this. Yeah. And, I mean, you just look at the top guys. After that, it's like a major fall. It's like Yeah, you're right. They're, like, good to, like, average. They're not, like, really good or elite. It's kind of like your solid tight end, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's not really an option to upgrade from CJ Hawkinson if that's what you're looking for. I mean, if you want to – I understand the other side saying like, okay, we might not be upgrading, but we could still get a solid production and pay a guy way less. I understand that argument. But as far as an upgrade, I don't think you're going to get that because you're not getting a Kelsey. You're not getting Andrews. You're not getting Waller or whatever, right? You're not getting that. So – if you're looking for an upgrade, you're not getting that. But if you want, you know, maybe a guy that could be making a little less money and get a little less production, I could understand that argument. But I think it makes sense. I mean, you have the leeway to make a deal like this. Uh, I know the Lions are one of the most expensive offenses in the NFL, which is absolutely crazy. It is the most expensive offense in the NFL. But um, I, I think once Jared Goff is maybe – a could be off the books soon or his contract won't look too bad if he ends up being living up to that contract so i think you have the leeway to make this deal for for tj
1: yeah speaking of Garfield, fast i think it's like a make or break here i think he either gets cut or extended i don't think there's no in between i don't think they're going to go into next year thinking like let's roll with it one more time as a bridge i think this is his year he either proves it or doesn't either like you get paid or get traded or cut
2: yeah, and we're going to talk about it a little later in this episode what we expect of the Lions in 2022. But I, just really quickly, I think in 2023 is the year where the Lions are expected to take, a, like, a big leap. Like, that's the year they're really looking, when they had gotten this job, Holmes and Campbell, they looked at 23, I think, is that's the year we expect to make a playoffs, maybe win a division that year. Like, that's the year you're looking for a leap is 23. So you can't, in my opinion, you can't BS that quarterback position. You can't just go with the bridge guy. That's when you have to have your full – um answer like is jared goff the guy or are you gonna go out and replace him with a draft pick or you can go replace him with a, a, another veteran or whatever right, right. Like that, yeah. you have to have that question answered like this year it's okay i think we all knew once they got goff from the stafford deal that goff was going to get two years to kind of prove himself and last year obviously was a tough year for him just because it was his first year in detroit new play caller wasn't much around him i think this year there really is no excuse we've talked about this i don't want to go too much you know in depth with that but uh, it's gonna be a big year for jared goff obviously
1: yeah speaking of uh this year you want to go into like what we expect this year what would disappoint us what would maybe surprise us
2: yeah let's start off with what we expect let's do the easy one first and then we'll go on to things that would like we would be totally over the moon if we saw this in 2023 right and then we're gonna do one that we'd be very disappointed if this So let's start off what we expect this year. So, Peter, what's one thing you expect to see from the Lions in 2022?
1: Um, improvements on the offense and defense. Offensively, it's year two. Jared Goff played well down the stretch last year. Am I expecting him to play like that all year? No. But uh, they're more comfortable with Ben Johnson's scheme. you got some new toys. G.J. Chark and J.M.O. once he's healthy. you got a healthy uh, Hawkinson, a healthy Swift, healthy O-line, right? So all of that into one, year two of Ben Johnson, and then Dan Campbell knowing his players more. Like, I feel like the culture is there now. They just need to produce. Yeah. Defensively, same thing. Aaron Glenn is there year two. You added Hutchinson. You added Pascal, who might start the year on pop. Um, You brought back Charles Harris. You added some uh, linebacker depth. You you have your corners coming back, right? Uh, your, Amani, big year for Amani, also maybe could get paid this offseason. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh Akuda's coming off an injury. J.B. Jacobs coming off an injury. You have some uncertainty at safety. Tracy Walker after that is Kirby ready to play. Who's next? Because Sean Elliott plays 16, 17 games a year. But with all that being said, it's you to an Aaron Glenn scheme. He knows his players. You had Hutch. You had Pasco. You improve your run defense. Then you're expecting big jumps from Aleem McNeil. I think you could become a star. I really do. Hopefully, Levi rookie shows some more this year and a healthy Romeo, and then you, you get going. Yeah, and obviously with
2: that, you are indicating more wins as well. You expect more wins out of this team, which, I mean, last year's not really much of a hard push because they only had three wins and one tie, so it's not really much – you're not really asking for much more, but obviously you're expect you're expecting more wins this year from the one. Yeah, year.
1: Campbell basically said, it, so, like, there was this derby race. I don't really watch races. It was, like, a horse race. I forgot the horse's name, but the horse's name was, like – was not expected to win, and then he won like in the last second or so. Yeah, something. that was
2: a Kentucky Derby, yeah. I didn't watch horse racing, but that was a crazy story I heard about that.
1: Yeah, I forgot the horse's name. I don't know the horse's name. do um, um, But basically Campbell says he views the Lions like that. Like, he thinks like people are sleeping on them, right? Like we're the underdog, but we're coming for you. We're come for that spot, that number one spot so i love that mentality and he also said like the soul stuff they love when they see that sol whatever i hate that by the way but they love when they see that sol. same old lines they say they use it as motivation and stuff so that was good to see kind of campbell fired up with uh peter king yeah
2: i was telling uh malcolm this too as like as far as the expectations is like the NFC is very open right now. Like, I think we know, like, some of the division winners we're going to see this year. Like, you know, we're going to see the Tampa Bay Bucs in the playoffs. We're going to see the L.A. Rams. We'll probably see the Niners in the in the playoffs, the Packers. Um, uh, the Cowboys will probably be another one we, we will see in the playoffs. But, like, then after that, you got the open. You got another wild card team now. Like, I'm not saying the Lions are going to be one of those teams. But could they be in the race in December? I don't think that's a crazy take. I really don't think that's a crazy take.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, that first game is gonna be crucial because I feel like Philly—they're a little ahead of us, but Philly and Detroit are in similar sort of that wild card um, yeah. situation or in the hunt. Yeah. Um, like I said, though, Philly has more veterans. They're kind of more like more ahead of them, more ahead of us in the rebuild, retail, whatever you want to call it. We'll see, though, man. Like you never know what could happen.
2: Yeah. No, I'm like again. I'm not. I, I wouldn't put money in the lines to be in the playoffs this year, but. Could they be a team that's in the fight in the hunt i think for majority of the year i think that's possible i really do think it's possible this year all
1: right so tyler what are your improvements for the lines like what what do you expect to see
2: what do i expect to see this year is i'm going to focus more on the offensive line i expect to see some improvements this year from the offensive line i think it's already a really really good unit but i'm expecting this unit to really like just pop off and i think they're going to take notice in the NFL, if NFL teams are already not taking notice of this offensive line, I think they're going to assure themselves as a top three offensive line when it's all said and done by the end of the 2022 season. I think the offensive line could be there. Um, you're bringing back the same guys as last year, even though you didn't really get to see the whole units together just because of injuries. Uh, we saw Hank fairly man him. He's a, he's a wizard dude. He, he's been able to get talent out of guys that you really don't expect. And even when you miss out on a guy like Frank now for majority of the year, he got really, really good production out of a guy like Evan Brown. So something I love about this offensive line in particular is is that even if one guy goes down or two guys goes down, yes, it sucks. But Hank Fairley has made it work where the show still goes on. We're not a one monkey show that if one guy goes down, this whole, this whole offensive line collapses. That's something that Hank Fairley, since he's been here, has not happened. So just another year of Hank Fairley, another year with these guys. Penezu, obviously, a guy I'm super high on. Um, I expect to see a jump out of him, getting another year at right tackle, coming more familiar with the position. Um, So I I really expect this offensive line to just pop off, and I think they're going to be a really good unit.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. And like how you said, Hanks, since the Patricia days, I mean, the guy would go down. Like at first, we get, uh, we kind of be like, yo, who's going to play? And then we see Hank, oh, we got this. It's Hank. Like he'll make it work. Like whoever's in there. They'll be somewhat serviceable. They might not be as great, but but they'll get the job done. Yeah, no, th- and that's
2: how good NFL teams run is like you can't be so reliant on one guy or two guys because if yeah. you're relying on one or two guys, you're not going anywhere. Like if you don't have depth that you can count on in the NFL because, <laughs> you guys, football is the most injury-prone game. Like it, you can't rely on one or two guys to carry your whole team or your whole unit or whatever, right? And that's something I really appreciate with with Hank because one problem with the Lions we've seen for many years is that they could have a good team on paper going into the year. But just the name of the game in the NFL, there's going to be injuries and that we can never count on the depth behind them. Since Hank has taken the job, we have not had that problem with the offensive line. I think we could say every other position we've had the problem with, if one guy goes down, we're, we're kind of fucked. But the offensive line is not one of those positions since Hank has came in.
1: I would say last year with the secondary um nah, we was kind of year, yeah. thought we were screwed but yeah you're right I mean you you did you you did see like some areas where like maybe you were screwed but like it wasn't as bad as you thought it would no, have
2: been No dude I mean we had games especially in December like Will Harris was starting the nickel corner last year if you said that before the season Will Harris start a nickel corner and you would win a ball game like there's no way right
1: I'd be like, you're crazy, but no it looks way. like Will is like, I mean, he's a decent corner. With what we've seen, like, so far, and he's only one year at corner, looks like they moved him, they're moving him to corner. I want to see more out of him, because he's yeah. very athletic.
2: I, I think the DB's room kind of goes, I think they're kind of getting that reputation that I'm giving this offensive line, I think they're slowly getting that with Aubrey Pleasant right now, and Aaron Glenn in that DB's room, I think they're getting that reputation that I'm giving, it's like, if one guy goes down. It's not over. Like, we have guys to keep the show still going, and we're going to still be a solid, uh, you know, position group. So right. I, 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 I want to see this offensive line just t- take that next step. I, I think Panay was is going to take that next step. I think he had a Absolutely. really good rookie season. I think he's going to assure himself to be one of the top offensive line or one of the top offensive tackles in the league. Yeah, I'm with you. All yeah. right. Let's move on to something that necessarily isn't expected this year, but you would be over-the-moon happy if this happened. What's
1: yours? All right. So it's no secret. I've loved Akuda since he was in college. Obviously, just hasn't worked out for him yet. Injury, scheme, whatever. Right. Um, my thing is Akuda comes a lockdown corner. Like he comes out and he just will shout out number one receivers and he'll lock them up. Will it happen? Probably not. But if it did, man, I'd be over the moon. Yeah. No, I agree, man. That would be. That would
2: help a lot of Lions fans who were against him taking a three. And I think just even if you were for it back then, I think it just it makes you feel good. It's like, OK, at least we got a stud and that that would be that'd be really refreshing to see. But again, that's like asking a lot. I don't know if we'll necessarily see that this year or or ever from Jeff Okuda. But hey, it's like somewhat possible, but like not realistic.
1: I'll say this with Akuda, maybe not necessarily a lockdown corner, but I could like see him being this team's number one corner like this year and into the future. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe not like a top 10 elite corner, but I could see him like, be a top 20 really good corner in the NFL.
2: It's possible, and I think the Lions would want that to happen this year, obviously. I mean, Absolutely. just because Amani's in a contract year, I think they're... We talked about TJ being controversial. I think that could be controversial as well. Are you going to pay Amani or not? Are you going to let him walk? that's something the Lions are going to have to answer uh, very soon. So yeah. if, Jeff, if Jeff could emerge to be that guy and that they don't have to pay a guy like Imani and they could have two guys that they really count on, if that could be maybe be Jeff and Jerry, uh, I, I think it would make the decision of do you extend or let Imani walk. I think it would make it a lot easier for Brad Holmes and the staff.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But maybe you pay Amani. That's where I'm at right now. But that's another topic for another day.
2: All right, Uh, my over-the-moon happy that I'd be ecstatic if this happens for the 2022 Lions. It's Jared Goff. I'm going to go back to Mr. Jared Goff. If Jared Goff could prove to me that I'm confident he's my quarterback going past 22, I would be ecstatic at that point because the Lions would then have two draft picks in the 2023 draft, and they could keep both those picks, and they could just, instead of using one of those picks potentially on a quarterback – they could use both those teams to just improve the team. And that could maybe be some resources to trade up potentially, or maybe you just keep those draft picks wherever they are, and you could just use those picks to improve the team and not have to use on the quarterback. Like, I think some people take it as, like, I'm not a big Jared Goff guy that, like, I'm rooting against the guy, and that's absolutely just not the case at all. Like, if Jared Goff could prove he could be the guy, that saves so much, and you have more resources you could use to compete because then you're not worrying about getting a new quarterback because that's probably the most difficult thing to do. So I want Jared Goff to prove to me this year, I'm not expecting it, but I would be over the moon happy if it happens, that Jared Goff could prove to me he could be the quarterback, and I'm confident he's the quarterback going for the Lions past 2022.
1: I think if you talk to most Lions fans, some of them just don't like him, but if you talk to most Lions fans, I think they all agree with you, right? Because. If Jared Goff has success, that means in general the team, like when you have a really good quarterback, a really good quarterback, if the right pieces are around him, generally the team is is good in competing for playoffs and potentially Super Bowls, right? So if, if you see that with Goff, I mean, like you said, you have like the franchise quarterback problem solved, and he's only 27, 28 years old. He could play like another maybe, say, 8 to 10 years, whatever it is. And then you have... I mean, the offense is pretty much set. Then you just build around and add talent, and yeah, dude. Like, who doesn't want to see golf succeed? If you don't want to see golf succeed, something's wrong with you. I'm
2: sorry. like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand that that mindset. Like, I understand if you're not high on golf, I don't think he's going to be that guy because that's how I feel right now. But I don't understand the people who are cheering against him and saying like, "Oh, I want him to do bad so then we can find this replacement in the draft, or we can trade for somebody, or sign somebody." Like, whatever, right? I don't understand that. Like, that just that that's stupid to me. Like. If golf is your answer, then you have all these resources just to keep building the team and not have to worry about a quarterback. And that makes it so much easier.
1: And I think, too, just, like, maybe gives me more a little more optimism than, like, last year and the beginning of the year because you saw, like, the change from Lynn to Johnson, and then you saw, like, the weapons he had out there. Yeah. I mean, dude, he did not. They they picked up Josh Reynolds off the street. They had Amon St. Brown. And they kind of just, you know pretty much that really like there was other guys but those two guys were like the main the main targets right yeah, didn't, didn't have hawkinson because he was hurt and then i uh, swift i think was in and out of the lineup yeah, as well swift
2: wasn't in there either yeah, until the end of the yeah. year
1: last two yeah. years i think so then you kind of like figure out okay you have a healthy hawkinson i Ra, dj chark then you have josh reynolds um you know he he might start but then when jamo comes back jamo maybe could take that starting spot right so You think about it, then you have Quintus Sivas coming off injury as well. Like, all right, golf has all these weapons now. Ben Johnson, maybe they could be cooking more. Because they got creative with, like, Khalif Raymond. And they had a lot of stuff. Rock, right. Like, they just did a lot of stuff. Like, yo, what's going on here? But now, imagine they have these guys and they could get creative with better talent. I mean, it it could. It could happen. He could be that guy, but we got to wait and see. It could happen. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just not counting
2: on it, if that makes sense. I'm
1: not counting on it either, to be honest, but I think I'm a little more optimistic this year than I was, like, the beginning of last. Because the beginning of last year, golf was like, dude, this is garbage. Like, it was oh, garbage. Absolutely.
2: I think every Lions fan could agree, too, that they're more optimistic what they saw in December than what they saw <laughs> from <laughs> September to <laughs> November. Oh, my gosh.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: yeah. I agree. But yeah. but, yeah, that would be amazing to see if Goff could prove that he could be the quarterback. All right. Let's go on to the most disappointing thing, that would happen like what's the most disappointing thing that would happen for the 2022 lines where you're like, damn, you're in January, you're like, damn,
1: the lines right. have not achieved this. So, we kind of like last year was kind of like, yo, I don't really care about the record, I want to see player development stuff. We saw that this year, I care about the record a little more. Like, I don't want three to four wins, I want at least six. Is that, is that a lot? Maybe five, five to seven, something like that. I don't want three to four. That just means, like, okay, like, what are we doing here, right? If you could get, like, at least seven to nine wins, that would be really good. Six wins, I'd be okay with five at eh, whatever. Maybe there's injuries or something. But I think that seven to nine is where I want, I don't, would disappoint me a lot is like three to four wins. Even if golf gets hurt or someone gets hurt, just three to four wins is like, it's like a wasted year. Yeah. Cause no, last I... year you had three wins, year two, it's not, it's not showing progress. Yeah. I don't even
2: think five wins would be acceptable. I think five wins would be disappointing. I think seven's my number, but, like, if six happen, it's like, eh, whatever. But, like, seven's my number. I want to see seven or more from this team this year.
1: Yeah. um, I I still like caution people a little because, like, this is year two of the rebuild. And, like, a lot of these guys are still young and kind of figuring it out. Um, You know, Levi was hurt last year, so he's playing this year. You got all these young guys. They drafted this year. They drafted last year. The team is one of the youngest teams in the NFL. I think the oldest guy on the team is Michael Brockers. And he's thirty-one years old. Yeah. So I mean, they're really young. They got a lot of guys in their twenties. Not a lot in their thirties. I think Vitae is second at twenty-nine. I believe. Yeah, but saying. like expect or.
2: Saying that the team can win six games is like that's progress, but like you're not asking for a playoff like a playoff spell. Like, no, that's, right? That, yeah. That's a reasonable expectation by fans. If you ask for six or seven wins, if you're asking for 10 wins,
1: 11 wins, yeah, that, then that's not reasonable. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just like, maybe be a little more like five wins wouldn't like it depends how it happened, like not what, but any like major injuries, you know, yeah, like to keep players that that would suck, but you, you still see like improvement and stuff. I just want to see like players developing and win total improving if players will develop but if they don't the win totals don't improve it's like what are we doing here and i don't expect three to four wins i don't think that's going to happen this year i think it's going to be more to like that below average average instead of being bad i would love to see this team just being the hunt like
2: majority of the year like not like you know like last year dude it was october before halloween we're saying this team is like they <laughs> no chance like they're not even the hunt picture yeah. like, i, I want to see when fox displays that picture in like late no- like thanksgiving let's say When we play Thanksgiving, Fox displays the playoff picture. I'm not seeing the Lions in that 7th seed or 6th seed right now. But I want to see the Lions just in the hunt. I want to see – just put the Lions display in the hunt.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there too. So, Tyler, what would, like, disappoint you maybe this year?
2: What would disappoint me is if we see something that we saw, like, midway through the season, I think early points in the season last year. Dan Campbell definitely improved on it, but – Dan Campbell kind of getting out coached by another coaches. and like it's going to happen every here and there. I'm not saying the guy is going to be perfect every game. I'm not saying that. But I don't want to see those same bonehead decisions that we saw a lot of last years years really scratching your head You're like damn Dan Campbell what are you doing? Like what are this what is this challenge call? What is this play call? Why did we call this timeout here? And like again, I'm not going to agree with every decision Dan Campbell does. Like I I understand that. But I want to see him just improve as a coach in general. And if he doesn't, I see kind of a similar thing to if I we see always what we saw in October or September or November. I would be disappointed if we saw that going into this year. I want to see more of what we saw in December. Just as the team gotten better. Post-Thanksgiving, I want to see more of that Dan Campbell. And again, it might not result to every win, but as long as I could see what the coach is doing, maybe I don't agree with it, but I could see what the coach is doing. I would feel good about that. But if I see something like I'm really questioning what Dan Campbell's doing. Maybe I don't even necessarily agree with it, but, like, I really question what he's doing. I I would be disappointed in that. I just want to see – I want to see a competent coach because there was points last year where, like, Dan Campbell didn't even look competent to me as, like, a coach. Like, he was making just some really bonehead decisions, some really questionable calls, and I I just don't want to see that as much in 2022. I would be disappointed if we saw – what we saw, like, in October or November from Dan. Right. All right. Um, Let's talk about our final topic that we have here. This one should be pretty quick. And, Peter, I'm going to give it to you because you're the one who sent it to me today. What's going on Dan Campbell? What's all the buzz with Dan Campbell recently?
1: All right. Uh, per Max Meyer, um, the most popular NFL wager by handle in July as Caesars Sports has been Lions over six wins. So I guess Vegas maybe has them at over under five and a half or six, and they're taking the over or it's at six wins, so they're taking over six wins, right? Mm -hmm. And then additionally, Dan Campbell has drawn the most money overall to win coach of the year, and DeAndre Swift has drawn the most money overall to lead the NFL in rushing yards. All right, I just want to say something. If you're betting on DeAndre Swift to lead the league in yards, (laughs) look, I like DeAndre Swift, right? I think I think uh, you're gonna lose that money. Respectfully, like I think you're gonna lose that money. They're going Nothing for the odds, that. they're
2: going for the odds, Pierre. They're, they're going, going for, for the odds.
1: I understand that, but Tyler, <laughs> let's be honest. Are, are you putting
2: money on those odds? Absolutely. Oh, the DeAndre Swift one? Absolutely not. I wouldn't okay, put the, on the Dan Campbell coach of the year. one. The, the Dan
1: Campbell one is like a little more. You know, I, I could see putting money on that. Like it's a low odds, but it could happen. You'd like you know, but the six wins, I would definitely take. Probably the over. If they gave me over under six, I'd probably take the over right now. So, what do you think, Dan Campbell? Uh, let's go into this. So, like, if Dan Campbell
2: does win Coach of the Year, like, how does he do that? Like, how does he get to Coach of the Year? Like, I don't think he has to win a division to win Coach of the Year. Like, what does what does Dan Campbell have to do to win Coach of the Year? In your opinion?
1: Well, you see improvement, right, as the year goes on, and you see um the NFL's taking notice of Dan Campbell. They're like, all right, this guy's legit. Like, the players respect him, even opposing players, opposing coaches, whatever, media, everyone respects him. Then you see wins. You probably see, I want to say nine, nine or more wins. Like I don't think you're getting coached the year with seven or eight wins. No, yeah. I mean nine is even. Like nine and eight, that's kind of. Let's say ten or more wins. I think nine wins.
2: I, I think nine wins could get them in because if the lines win nine games, like that's like really unexpected. Like I think that's a very unexpected thing, and that could be a playoff spot. I think nine wins with the seven seed. I think that is a playoff spot in in the NFC. Um yeah. So. I think that could be enough for Dan Campbell to win coach of the year if he does achieve that.
1: Right. I'm with you there. Um, so, yeah, that's what I could see, like, him being coach of the year. And then maybe going to the playoffs, right? Like, going to the playoffs. Because if you don't go to the playoffs, I don't think that's coach of the year if you don't go to the I don't think a coach can going to get coach of the year by not going to the playoffs.
2: I agree. I agree with that. I think if he makes the playoffs, though, I mean – that's a huge turnaround. I mean, a team that won three games last year, a team that picked the number two pick in the draft last year, and you turned it around all in one year to win nine games and clinch a playoff spot. Like, I think that's qualified to be coached the year. The only way I think someone would take that reins from him is if someone like Robert Sala, who was someone in a similar position as Dan Campbell last year, or... That's really about it. That's the only one I could really think of. It's like Robert Sala does the same thing. Like, he goes to the playoffs. Um, I, I think that could take the, the reins if Dan Campbell, you know, make the playoffs. Like, who would uh, also get that award? I
1: don't know. And then Duck Peterson, maybe. Like, if the Possible. Jaguars, all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. The Jaguars are kind of weird the way they're built. But that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, so would you take the, let's say, six wins. Someone comes up to you over underlying six wins.
2: That one's tough, dude. Uh, so I, I know on I think it was FanDuel. I don't remember which one, but I think it was FanDuel was six and a half. So the lines would have to win seven or more games.
1: I think Caesars at six because that's six. Like, yeah.
2: Over. Yeah. That's a tough bet, dude. Because that's like right where I feel like this team is going to be. Like I think that they could win seven games. I think they could win six.
1: All right, let me make it a little easier. Five and a half. I would take the other on five and a half. Yeah, me too. The six okay so it's either like five games or seven games right I think this team won seven games this year so I'll take the over I think if like gun to my head right now I take the over as well me too yeah
2: it's close it's really close but I take the over i think
1: yeah I've been up burned- just- yeah. So
2: I've been burned with these overs this year because I've been asked the question th- this is my third time i am be asked this question not a different question, but Detroit sports team I got asked earlier in the year with the Tigers 77 and a half, they won 77 games last year I'm like, over all day, yeah they're getting like an over, and then someone asked me the Pistons last year, I think it was like 23 and a half or 24 and a half, I'm like, oh that's over too they won like 20 games the year before they both, are look. Pistons didn't achieve that it looks like the Tigers are not going to achieve that either so, don't be cautious with my opinion on this one.
1: <laughs> no, like, if we're being realistic, though, like, the Pistons, you know, whatever, they were young. And then the Tigers, I mean, I don't even know what the hell they're doing, whatever. <laughs> but it seems like the Lions and the Pistons actually kind of know what they're doing, and the Red Wings. Like, it seems like they have competent GMs. We so got
2: a competent GM, as you're saying.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the, the future is bright for Detroit sports. Like, you could see it. Yeah, you hope hope that this ends up working out for at least one
2: or two of these teams and yep. you know just get to finally celebrate something something relevant here yep but yeah I, i'm with you pierre i think i would take the over if i had to choose if i had to put money on it would i put money on it i don't know dude we'll see maybe maybe <laughs> just to remind
1: for our listeners you have to be 21 and older to gamble yeah, you do. You do have to be 21 or older to do the gamble.
2: Or you could go on Underdog. 18 or older. Just use promo code Pride podcast Hey.
1: Yes. They,
2: they match your money. Ten dollars back on your on your first deposit. yep So, all right. I think that's all we got here. Good show. Good show, man. Yeah, that was fun. I had a good time. It's good to be back. We haven't been here in a while, so it was definitely good to be back and. You know, we talked about it last week. We're getting closer to training camp. We're getting closer to hard knocks. So, you guys could expect some more content from us coming. Uh, we're going to start recording a lot more just with football coming back into swing. So, definitely look out for that. And once hard knocks gets kicked in, content will be blowing up. Once the regular season blow comes, comes, it will definitely be blowing up. I mean, if you guys have followed us any regular season, we record a lot during the regular season. We do about two to three pods a week during the regular season. So, definitely stay tuned for that if you're a new listener and if you have not already you can leave a five-star review on apple podcast it is always very much appreciated and that's all i got thank you guys all so much for listening i'm out guys peace
1: all right guys i'm out peace